Well, a very good morning to you. Thank you for joining us for this online service of Brighton Road on Palm Sunday. Psalm 118 tells us to give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. I don't know whether you feel like thanking God today or not. In one sense, it doesn't matter because God's steadfast love for you never wavers. Whether you feel it or not, God holds you in his love. And in a constantly shifting and uncertain world, that's one thing which never changes. Maybe that's one good reason to thank God today. I lead you in prayer. Living God, today we give thanks as we should and as we must because you are a good God. Your steadfast love lasts and lasts and lasts. We see it in the beauty of this day. We know it in the warmth of welcome in this Christian family. We feel it in the blessings of singing your praise and reflecting on your love. And we believe it in the message of salvation. Thank you that Christ is here, is with us now, and is real. Yet this Palm Sunday, remember that this is the Christ that the world will reject. This is the cornerstone that will be torn down. So that the building of hope and well-being and righteousness is threatened with destruction. This is the Christ that the world will take and crucify and seek to get rid of for good. Yet we know that this is the very Christ who will rise again, the very Christ through whom we find your forgiveness, your acceptance and a fresh beginning for us. And so we say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hear the blessing from the depths of our being, from the core of our faith. Hear and hear and hear again that we are grateful because you have made us new. We are thankful that we are loved by you, the living God. And so with the psalmist, we give thanks to the Lord for he is good. We give thanks to the Lord that his steadfast love endures forever. We give thanks to the Lord because you, Lord, are worthy of our praise. Amen. Psalm 118 Open to me the gates of righteousness, 
that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord, the righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, it is marvellous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has made his light to shine upon us. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, I will extol you. O oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever.
Living God, I ask you to be gracious to me. Yet as soon as I utter these words, I know that I'm wrong. I don't need to ask for your grace when it's so freely given. I don't need to call upon you to be a gracious God when you haven't changed. Steadfast is what the Psalms call it. Steadfast is what I know you to be. So today, I ask with all the commitment I can muster to be open to your grace and goodness towards me. To understand and accept the love of a gracious God and to be as steadfast in my acceptance of you as you are in your giving to me. I thank you that you are already listening to my prayers. I have already entered the gates of righteousness as I come to you in my time of need. I hear the whisperings of my soul telling me I'm not good enough to be your servant. But above those whisperings, I hear your voice calming my fears, forgiving my failings, affirming my worth and my value. And I see you stretch out your loving hand to lift me up, to restore me to wholeness. And so, Lord, because of who you are, I put my trust in you. My times are in your hands. My life is in your hands. My service is in your hands. My hope is in your hands. Let your face shine upon me now and hold me forever in your steadfast love. For I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew 20. 29 to 21 verse 11. As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed him. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfil what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, you king, come to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees 
and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Living God in our mind's eye, we see Christ's entry into Jerusalem when the Passover was coming. We see all the people around him. Just as we have countless numbers of people who crowd into our thoughts as we turn to you in prayer. So as Christ placed himself in the midst of the crowd, we thank you that Christ is in the midst of the people for whom we pray. May they and we know that they are close to you, Lord, that you are always with them. And so we, we pray for those who celebrate today, the newness of a birth, the start of a marriage, those who have good news about their health or job, the success of a task, a new way in which love has been expressed and felt. We, we rejoice with those who rejoice as we shout, Hosanna, Christ is here. And we pray with loyal disciples for those who show their commitment, who prepare for Jesus' presence, who give their cloaks for his service, who make the way clear so that others can follow the procession, those who prepare the way of the Lord. Our voices join with theirs as we shout, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And we pray with the people in the crowd for those who watch and wait. Those who aren't so sure for the silent majority. Those who have little to celebrate. The many who just don't see the point. Let our voices not drown out their silent prayers. But in being aware of their needs, let our prayers carry their yearnings to you, Lord. And we pray with those who know nothing of this, who live with anger and no expectation, who have pain and grief and no hosannas, those who look on all this with scepticism and without acceptance. We don't want to condemn them. We want to pray for them and stand alongside them. So let us be aware on this day of rejoicing that many cannot or will not rejoice. But let's also be aware that Christ comes into the midst of all this to understand, to be fully present to die and to rise again for each and every one of us. Amen.
2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 1 to 17. Now we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent we groan and are burdened, because we do not wish to be unclothed but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now it is God who made us for this very purpose, and has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore we are always confident, and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due to him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade men. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to, you, to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us, so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, it is for the sake of God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Sometimes we talk, don't we, about having a break with the past. The imagery suggests a degree of disruption, as if up until that point in time there's been continuity, but now everything is different. This is no gentle alteration in the trajectory of our lives. It's a radical shift in a, in a totally different direction. Breaking with the past means that the past no longer dictates who we are or how we live. We're free to be different. But breaking free of the past can also be difficult. After all, how we have lived in the past has shaped the people we've become today. We've had to live with and work through the consequences of our decisions, whether they've been good or bad. And sometimes we haven't been free to choose our own path. Sometimes other people have made decisions for us and we've had to live with that. And those decisions haven't always been made with our best interests at heart. So is it possible really to break with the past, to be different people? Well, according to St Paul, the answer is yes. If anyone is in Christ, he says, there is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And it's the cross of Jesus Christ that liberates us from our past. The person we were, the person we've become, the person we no longer want to be. That person dies on the cross with Jesus. The new person 
the person with a new identity, with new hope, with a fresh orientation on life, that person is brought to life through Christ's resurrection power. A break with the past is possible because the death of Christ enables us to die to the past and the risen life of Jesus makes us new people on the inside. How does that happen? It happens for each of us through faith. If I say Jesus of Nazareth was crucified on a cross, I'm stating a fact of history. If I say Jesus died for me, then I'm making a statement of faith. It becomes personal. I'm accepting that God's son died for a reason, and that reason was to enable me to die with him to my past and be raised with him to new life. And the good news is that Christ died for you. Paul is quite specific in saying that Christ died for everyone, so that those who live, you and I, might no longer live for ourselves, but for the one who died for our sake and was raised again. And so, yes, one of the reasons why the new life Jesus offers is different from the old life you might have lived in the past is that he calls you to live your life for him from now on. And if you look back over the past with a sense of dissatisfaction, well, look where living for yourself has got you. God made us to be people who thrive when we are in good relationships. And there's nothing worse for a relationship than when someone is consistently selfish. So if we live just for ourselves, we're bound to miss out on the quality of life that deep down we crave and long for. The problem is that we so easily get locked into patterns of behaviour that we know are harmful to ourselves and to those closest to us. That's why sometimes we need rescuing from ourselves. And that's where Jesus comes in. Dying to set us free from the past and rising from death to, to take charge of our disordered and chaotic existence and give us new life. If anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. That's anyone, anyone at all, including you. So can I lead you in prayer? Lord, we find it so easy to talk about forgiveness, but so difficult sometimes to accept it for ourselves. We know our need, Lord. We know our need for newness of life. Confession comes readily enough to us, and yet so little changes. Lord, there are things within us which we prefer to hide. There are deep shadows which are vaguely sensed. And there are also those things that we know too well about ourselves. There are things that we hesitate to name before you. But without them being known and named, how can we be forgiven? Unless you know us inside out, unless we acknowledge who we are before you, we feel there's no forgiveness and so we are afraid. But Lord, there is forgiveness with you because you do know us better than we know ourselves. The faults we are afraid of, the, the things we hide from, from ourselves, the things we, we can barely accept about ourselves, you know them all. And thank you that you still love us. You still forgive us. You still renew us. 
Thank you that your knowledge of us is more profound than our knowledge of ourselves. Your love of us is deeper than our love of ourselves. And your grace and forgiveness know no limits. So Lord, set us free. Set us free from bondage to our past, free from whatever holds us back, free from the past of our community and take us into your future, O oh God, with the power that comes with freedom. Renew us as creatures and creators made in your image that we may face the world with hope in the power of your forgiving love through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour, in whose name we pray. Amen.
So thanks for joining us today. Um, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.